Hey there, podcast listeners. My name is Art Wright, and this is the podcast of Williamsburg Baptist Church in Williamsburg, Virginia. This sermon was recorded for November 13th, 2020, and is entitled Joy in the Rubble. It is based on the narrative lectionary reading for the third week of Advent, which is Isaiah chapter 61, verses 1 through 11. I'd certainly encourage you to read that before listening to the sermon if you are able. If not, I think you'll get a good sense of what it's all about from the sermon itself. Two thoughts come to my mind as I reflect on joy this week. One, as we reflect on what it means to be people of joy in this season, we acknowledge that joy is not simply the same thing as happiness. Whereas happiness is so often dependent on our external circumstances, joy, the sort that comes from the divine spirit, is something that goes much deeper, and it is even possible in the hardest times of our lives, even in a pandemic. And two, our joy as individuals is inextricably bound to the compassion and care and love that we show for others. If we try to cultivate joy simply by ourselves, so often we feel end up feeling hollow. It's in loving and serving and caring for and connecting in meaningful and authentic ways with others that we begin to cultivate true joy in our lives. Whether you are a long-term member or you're just tuning in out of the blue, we are glad you're listening. I do hope you enjoy the sermon and that it's helpful to you on your spiritual journey. To find out more about our congregation, head over to williamsburgbaptist.com. Enjoy. The fire st started in the early morning hours last Saturday, December 5th, 2020. Of course it was 2020. The fire blazed to life in a vacant building in the East Village of New York City, and then soon spread to the building next door. A 128-year-old house of worship known as Middle Collegiate Church. By the time it was over, the flames had roared into a six-alarm fire that blew out the Tiffany stained-glass windows and utterly destroyed the beautiful Gothic sanctuary. As the last embers of the devastating fire were extinguished by the team of firefighters who had arrived on the scene, members of the church gathered across the street on the sidewalk as light rain fell from the sky. And I can't help but think that the light rain falling reflected the ache they felt in their hearts as they saw their beloved sanctuary in ruins. It was a surprising and devastating blow to that community of faith this past week. The executive pastor at Middle Church happens to be the Reverend Amanda Hambrick Ashcraft. She just happened to be my wife's roommate when she first moved to Richmond more than a decade ago now. And Amanda served on the staff at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Richmond when my wife and I first started attending. 
So many of us who know her have been grieving for Amanda and her family and that congregation as they mourn the destruction of their sacred space and as they begin to wonder what in the world life looks like for their congregation in the wake of this devastating fire. Even so, in the midst of the outpouring of sorrow that we've seen on social media from members of Middle Church this past week, in the midst of the questions and uncertainty about the future, what strikes me this week of all weeks is the common thread of gratitude and even joy in the midst of their sadness. Amanda's husband, Graham, posted this reflection on Facebook this past week in response to the church fire. He says, Stepping into the sanctuary of middle was like stepping into God's own living room. It was warm, it was welcoming, it was majestic, it was holy, and it was safe. He says, whether you were gay, straight, lesbian, queer, transgender, or non-binary, you were welcomed in this space. Whether you were black, white, Latinx, Asian, or indigenous, you are safe in this space. Whether you are Christian, Jewish, Muslim, Sikh, Hindu, or Buddhist, you are holy in this space. And because we welcomed each other, because we held each other safe, and because we recognized each other as holy, we, the people of Middle, became the embodiment of sanctuary. Graham says, thank you, middle family, for being my sanctuary these past three years. We will carry each other through. As I read Graham's words on Facebook, what strikes me is this, that even in our hardest moments in life, it is still possible to practice gratitude. And joy is possible even in the midst of the rubble. Our Advent texts so far have centered around themes of exile and homecoming. Two weeks ago, we saw Daniel surrounded by lions while living in exile in Babylon. And last week in the book of Joel, we saw that life was not as grand as the Jewish exiles hoped upon their return to the promised land. Today's reading from Isaiah chapter 61 reflects a time when the Jewish people have just returned to their homeland from exile. But as they return, their homeland that they loved and knew lay in ruins all around them. You'll recall that Jerusalem had been raised by the Babylonians, and the temple had been burned to the ground. And so the prophet begins to offer this vision a vision of rebuilding and restoration, but also a vision of commitment that they will rebuild better than things were before the devastation, that they will create a more just society with communities and a world that reflect God's justice and goodness and fairness for all. And the prophet offers this vision standing in the midst of the rubble, of all places. Verse 1. The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me. He 
has sent me to bring good news to the oppressed, to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and release to the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Isaiah looks past the devastation that he sees with his eyes to see the goodness and potential that this particular moment in time holds. Those of you who are mourning now as you look at the ruins of your past lives, we are going to give you a festive garland, Isaiah says, and we are going to anoint your forehead with the oil of gladness. We will regather our community We will rebuild our ruins, and we will once again live into our calling to be a blessing to others. We will be a people who build God's vision of a just and equitable world. In this process of rebuilding, it won't begin with CEOs or internet tycoons or wealthy politicians. Rather, Isaiah suggests that it will begin with the oppressed and the poor, the brokenhearted who mourn, those who have been held captive or incarcerated. They will begin to build up the ancient ruins and repair the ruined cities. It may be that those who have suffered the most in the world may be best equipped to envision an alternative way of living in this world in a way that creates a better and fairer society. Isaiah's vision of God's Spirit is poured out to deliver good news to and to partner with those who have suffered the most under the previous ways of being in the world and the previous power structures of the world. Isaiah says, you look around and see rubble now, but a day is coming when people will see you, and they will say, these are a people whom the Lord has blessed. It's not hard to draw comparisons between Isaiah's context and our own today. While our church and so many other sanctuaries sit intact, they have nevertheless been empty and even desolate for so much of this past year. And for so many of us, we feel like our lives are laying in ruins these days as well. How in the world is it possible to experience joy when you're standing in the midst of the rubble? One of the things I have learned over the years is that while happiness may be dependent on our life's circumstances, The sort of joy that is true and deep and lasting is not based on our external conditions at all. There's a marvelous book that was published a couple of years ago, and I'm going to give a shameless plug. It's called The Book of Joy. It's essentially a dialogue between Archbishop Desmond Tutu and His Holiness the Dalai Lama, both of whom know their fair share of suffering in the world. And they discuss how joy is possible, even in a world of suffering. And I hate to oversimplify it, so you'll just have to read the book yourself. But so much of their advice for cultivating joy in their lives or in our lives centers around how we offer care 
and compassion for others. The Dalai Lama offers this wisdom. He says, Joy is the reward of seeking to give joy to others. When you show compassion, when you show caring, when you show love to others, when you do things for others, in a wonderful way you have a deep joy you, can go, you cannot get in any other way. He says you can't buy it with money. You can be the richest person on earth. But if you care only about yourself, I will bet you my bottom dollar that you will not be happy or joyful. But when you are caring, compassionate, more concerned about the welfare of others than about your own, suddenly you feel a warm glow in your heart because you have, in fact, wiped the tears from the eyes of another. The words of the Dalai Lama suggest that when we attempt to comfort those who mourn, when we support those who struggle the most, and when we attempt to build communities and a world that reflects God's justice, these become pathways to our own joy as well. When I go back and reread some of the messages and posts by members of Middle Church in New York, it becomes clear to me that through their tears, they remain committed to rebuilding their church. But their rebuilding is not simply for their own sake. Rather, their desire is to rebuild their church so that they can continue to be the presence of God in their community and in the world, so that they can continue to extend divine hospitality and acceptance to all. They say, in a year where so many are isolated, alone, and in deep grief, it feels cruel that our community that lives interconnected with one another, with values of anti-racism, equity, inclusion, and beauty and joy would have its home stolen. They say the only thing that makes sense now is to extend the love that this place lives out and breathes and generates back out into the world we will recover from this tragedy by doing what we have always done, proclaiming revolutionary love for a world that needs it. Out of the ruins and the rubble, we will rebuild God's reign. Friends, hear this good news. Whatever rubble you are standing in today, Whatever rubble we as a community of faith and as people of faith are standing in today, whether we are in the midst of grief or divorce, anxiety or sickness, loss, despair, depression, job loss or financial need or isolation, or any other of life's ruins, it is possible to experience the sort of joy that comes from the divine heart, even when you're standing in the midst of the rubble. Just as God called Abraham and Sarah to be a blessing to the world, so too God calls us, not simply to bless us for our own sake, but rather that we might in turn be a blessing to others. This is our calling as people of faith.
find ways to be a blessing to others. And joy lies just around the corner. Thanks be to God. Amen.